Life Spring number 127. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. How's it going? Yes, today's show is called It's a Family Affair. What's that all about? Well, hang in there. You'll find out. We've got a good show today, and I'm going to get right to it. Don't want to waste any time. Got some good stuff today. Uh, I will be announcing at the end of the show today a contest. Yes, a contest for LifeSpring Family of Podcasts listeners. You guys on Sirius, you're going to have to go download the show at lifespring.podshow.com to find out what the contest is and see if you can maybe get involved with it. So let's get going. Saturdays on the baseball field And be afraid of the ball Just another kid on camera day The Angels still played in L.A. Smiling, living black and white. Baseball caps and bubble gum. I think there's a hole in my glove. Three and two, life and death. I was swinging with eyes closed, holding my breath. I was dying. Ride in the family car. He loved me. No matter how I played, he loved me. No matter how I
That's Bob Bennett. Bob is from uh, Southern California right here. Uh, in Southern California, he's from Downey. Grew up just a few miles from where I grew up. We did not know each other then, but uh, we're about the same age. And uh, I met him just a few years ago. Had him at, out to uh, my church to do a concert. And uh, he's a great guy. That's one of my favorite songs from Bob. It's called A Song About Baseball. I was at Disneyland yesterday and saw something that reminded me of the relationship that most believers have with God. I was standing in line to go on a ride with my son Timothy and the lovely Lady Leanne, and we were standing just in front of a woman and a little boy. The little boy looked to be a year or two younger than my son Timothy. Timothy's 13, and uh, this little boy was just a little bit shorter and uh, very well-behaved, real nice kid. And Timothy is one that uh, will strike up a conversation with anybody within earshot. (laughs) And since they were standing next to each other, Timothy and he struck up a conversation. No big deal, happens all the time. Ordinarily, I wouldn't think anything at all about this, but there was something just a little bit unique about this particular woman and boy. The woman was white. She was a Caucasian. And the boy was black with a very, very dark skin tone. So because of the darkness of his skin, I didn't think that she was his mother. But being a curious sort, I found myself wondering about their relationship. Maybe they were related by marriage. Maybe she was an aunt Maybe she was some sort of a mentor, something like, you know, the big brothers, big sisters type program for inner city kids, something like that. But in listening to the boy talk a little bit, I detected a different sort of an accent. It wasn't, he was not an inner city child. He sounded like it was some sort of um, uh, an accent from a different country. It was hard to put my finger on it, though, because he was pretty soft-spoken, and I couldn't hear him well with the noise of all the, you know, the attractions, the rides, and everything else that was going on around us. He and Timothy were having sort of a quiet conversation, just talking about what, you know, boys talk about, you know. Timothy, you know, uh, having fun today? What have you got on? Stuff like that. So as it turned out, Timothy and this boy ended up sitting next to each other on the ride. And it was one of those fast and scary type rides, so the woman didn't go on the ride. Now, the lovely lady Leanne and I rarely sit anything out, so we rode with them. Uh, it was we, we sat in a, in a kind of a long row, um, side by side by side. And uh, the boy was on the far right, and then there was Timothy, and then there was me, and then there was Leanne. Well, as I was watching, this was the kind of ride where you had to strap yourself in. And I was watching the little boy since he was by himself and he was having a hard time doing his safety belt. So I got out of, you know, my seat and I went over there and did the safety belt for him. He said, thank you very much. And, you know, so, you know, I, I sort of decided since the lady wasn't with him, I would sort of, you know, take him under my wing, be sure that everything was okay. And when the ride was over, I helped him find her. And, um, so we we sort of stayed together until um, the boy found the woman. And we therefore sort of as a group continued to exit the ride. 
And as we're walking down the ramp of the exit, we had just a little bit of a conversation. You know, she said, I was really surprised that you guys went on at such a scary ride. Da, 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 you know, and, um, I got a hint of the nature of their relationship during those few short words that we spoke. Got a hint of the relationship, but I wasn't sure. But then when the two of them walked over to a man who was obviously waiting for them <laughs> with a great big smile on his face, as he saw his little boy coming toward him, I knew for sure what the situation was. Can you guess what it was? I had a hint of it. I thought it might be that even early on. He was adopted. This couple had adopted them. The man was white as well. And when he saw his little boy coming toward him, you know, he got this great big grin on his face and, you know, hey, son, how'd you like it? And, you know, was it fun? And, you know, kind of tussled him on the head like a dad always does, you know, when his, his son does something to kind of make him proud, you know, kind of kind of just, uh, you know, handle him a little bit by, you know, rest, you know, messing up his hair and, you know, that type of a thing. It was great. Dad bent down and, you know, hugged him. <laughs> it's obvious that this little boy was loved. And that mom and dad were just devoted to him. <laughs> so at that point, our two families parted ways. And Timothy said something that was really, well, actually kind of made me think that this would be a good topic for the show today. He said that an adoption is even more special because the mom and dad actually choose to love that child. Out of all the kids in the world who need parents, they chose him to love and care for. It was a conscious decision. You know, the adoption process is long, sometimes arduous, and almost always it's very, very expensive. The, the adoptive parents have to go through this screening process to show that they're suitable parents and that they have the ability to care for and nurture the child. Let's face it, it's a lot harder to adopt a child than to conceive one if both the mom and the dad have all the biological factors working properly, you know? I've got three kids, and um, it was not a lot of work to have my kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? But man, to adopt a child, that's a conscious decision. And it's work, and it's and it's a commitment. Now, not that you know it's work to be a parent, you know, of any kind. And it's a commitment, obviously. But going out and saying we're going to adopt a child, and then choosing that child, Tim was right. Adoption is, in a lot of ways, it's more special. Now, of course, once the adoption process is complete and all the T's are crossed and all the, the I's are dotted, when all the forms are signed, this is a legal, formal, official family. The law recognizes the child and the parents just as if this were a biological family. The parents are now legally obligated to care for the child until he or she reaches adulthood. 
and the child has the same rights of inheritance that uh, any other biological child has. Out of all the children in the world, the adoptive parents chose this one to bring into their family. That's a lot of love. So what has all this got to do with the LifeSpring show? Well, you know I often say that LifeSpring is about bringing the message of hope, love, and good news. Well, here it is. Here's the good news. And here's a message of hope and love. It's the message of hope, love, and good news. Here it is. God wants to adopt you. If you're not already a part of God's family, God wants to adopt you. And he's done all the necessary work. He's taken care of all the all the, the cross T's and the dotted I's. He's done everything. You might be saying, well, you know, since we're all creations of God, Steve, we're already children of God. Well, in one sense, that is true. But here's kind of an ugly part about the whole thing. Sin or missing the mark, or doing something that is less than perfect and righteous and holy separates us from God. Even if we sin only one time. The reason for that is because God is holy and perfect and without sin. And that is the standard that we're judged by. We're not judged by, well, hey, I'm better than that guy over there, or I'm not as bad as some people, or anything like that. The standard to which we are measured is God's perfect holiness. And the reason for that is because he can have no part in sin. The Bible says that every single one of us has fallen short of that standard. So to put it another way, every one of us has separated ourselves from God by our own actions. Remember I just said that God is perfect and righteous and all that. Well, I left out a very important attribute of God in that list. You know know what what I left out? Well, it's three words. And the Bible says... In the New Testament book of 1 John, here's a a very important part of that list of things that God is. God is love. And because he is love, he did not want us to remain in that separated situation. He wanted to make a way for us to be a permanent part of his family. (laughs) So he devised an adoption plan. Now, this adoption needed to be legal because another one of God's attributes is he's just. He follows his own laws. And the law said that if you sin, you must be separated from God. So, what did he do? Well, let's talk about it. Like I said, the adoption needed to be legal. And it was also going to be very costly. 
Well, here's the bottom line. The Bible says that the consequences of sin is separation from God. That is sometimes called spiritual death. And the main premise of that separation, the main premise of that death is that because God is love, now this is important, listen to this, because God is love, he is not going to force anyone to spend eternity with him who doesn't want to do so. If you choose to be separated from God by your own actions, he will honor that wish. I mean, after all, if you don't want to have anything to do with him for the short time that you're on earth, why would you want to be with him for eternity after you leave the earth? And if you choose unholy behavior, you cannot be in his presence. Simple. It's easy. That's it. Boom. Done. Well, so here comes the part that a lot of people find really difficult to accept. The Bible also says that if you want to be forgiven for your sin, blood must be spilled. A life must be taken. Put it in Bible terms. It says, For the remission of sin, there must be blood. Without blood, there is no remission of sin. You don't take it away. Hmm. On one of my other podcasts, the LifeSpring Family Bible, we're reading through the Bible in a year. I recently completed reading the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament. And in that book, God's laws that give the specific sins and the specific sacrifices that must be made in order to, to, to deal with those sins, those laws are, are laid out in Leviticus. Very, very specific things. God said, if you do this, then this kind of an animal has to be sacrificed, and this is how you do it. And yeah, I mean, the, the level of detail is amazing. If you've never read it, I suggest you, you do so, or go back and listen to the the uh, LifeSpring Family Bible. Listen to the podcasts on Leviticus. But anyway, before you go out and sacrifice your prize ox, you need to know that there's a better system now in effect. Well, sort of. A blood sacrifice is still required. But you don't have to sacrifice an ox or a bird or a lamb or a ram. The great news is that it has already been done once and for all. Jesus made the sacrifice. Jesus was the sacrifice. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He was the ideal, perfect sacrifice. It was his blood that was spilled. That is the price that God paid to be able to adopt you and me into his family. Jesus was his only son. And God allowed him to be sacrificed. That's love. That's good news. So how do you take advantage 
of that sacrifice. It's actually pretty simple. The New Testament book of John says, in the first chapter, it says, To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. In the book of Romans, also New Testament, in the 8th chapter, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You received the spirit of adoption, it continues. You received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, you know what Abba means? It means Daddy. We call out to God. We can say Daddy. We can call him Daddy. That's a term of endearment. That's the, the, just the sweet name that children call their daddies. Abba. It continues, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, if we're children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We have the same inheritance rights as Jesus has. He's our big brother. He becomes our big brother if we accept him and the sacrifice that he made for us. Now listen, just as that little boy at Disneyland was adopted into that family, we can be adopted into God's family by merely believing that Jesus is who he says and by accepting him as the one who paid the price for our sins. Well, why do I have to accept it? You might ask. If it's done, it's done, right? Well, not quite. You see, that little boy at Disneyland, he had to accept his new mom and his new dad and all that they did for him in order to bring him into their family, right? And you should have seen it. I mean, they were, they were just the, the typical family. There was love there. There was acceptance. There was um, fellowship. They were having fun together like any other family. Just so happened that he wasn't born into that family. They invited him in. They said, we, we want you to be our son. So that's all we need to do. We have to accept what Jesus did for us. And that totally makes sense to me. What about you? Does it make sense to you? If you have any questions, send them to me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com. You came by my heart today. Let's go walking like we used to But I was busy, busy as sin Gonna have to wait for another day So you walk away What am I supposed to say here now? Is there some way you can rescue me? Bring me home again 
know it's all gonna be okay. Draw me gently to your presence. But I've been headstrong, I've been a hard, hard, hearted. Come and live my life a little more like you. You make all things new. But I've been struggling to stand beside you, Lord. Is there somewhere you can rescue me? So that was Zach and Sarah with Rescue Me. The background music was Rob Coslow and Family. This is called God and the Spider. During World War II, a U.S. Marine was separated from his unit on a Pacific island. The fighting had been intense, and in the smoke and the crossfire, he had lost touch with his comrades. Alone in the jungle, he could hear enemy soldiers coming in his direction. Scrambling for cover, he found his way up a high ridge to several small caves in the rock. Quickly, he crawled inside one of the caves, although, save for a moment, he realized that once the enemy soldiers looking for him came up the ridge, they would quickly search all the caves, and he would be killed. As he waited, he prayed, Lord, if it be your will, please protect me. Whatever your will, though, I love you and trust you. Amen. After praying, he lay quietly, listening to the enemy begin to draw close. He thought, well, I guess the Lord isn't going to help me out of this one. But then he saw a spider begin to build a web over the front of his cave. As he watched, listening to the enemy searching for him all the while, the spider layered strand after strand of web across the opening of the cave. Ha, he thought, what I need is a brick wall and what the Lord has sent me is a spider web. (laughs) God does have a sense of humor. 
As the enemy drew closer, he watched from the darkness of his hideout, and he could see them searching one cave after another. As they came to his cave, he got ready to make his last stand. To his amazement, however, after glancing in the direction of his cave, they moved on. <laughs> Suddenly, he realized that with the spider web over the entrance, his cave looked as if no one had entered for quite a while. Lord, forgive me, prayed the young man. I had forgotten that in you, a spider's web is stronger than a brick wall. We all face times of great trouble, and when we do, it's easy to forget what God can do in our lives, sometimes in the most surprising ways. All right, so website of the week. <laughs> this is a good one, especially if you're married to somebody like I am who loves chocolate. The Gourmet Chocolate of the Month Club. They've got recipes <laughs> like chocolate carrot cake. Now, see, I love carrot cake. And I'm a chocolate lover, too. So chocolate carrot cake, I'm going to make this one. Really decadent-sounding one called Mississippi Mud Cake. There's something they've got there called, these are recipes now, Noah's Ark Brownies. Now, if you want to know why they call them Noah's Ark Brownies, you're going to have to go to the website and find out. They've got, uh, let's see, bread pudding souffle with chocolate bourbon sauce. And on and on and on and on. Some really good looking stuff over there. I will have the link on the show notes page for the chocolate, uh, the Gourmet Chocolate Club of the Month. No, Gourmet Chocolate of the Month Club. We'll get it out. Podcast of the Week. Buzz Out Loud. That's CNET's podcast of indeterminate length, they call it. You got Tom, Molly, and producer Veronica. And they talk about uh, all kinds of things in an entertaining, sometimes caustic, and always skeptical way on technology news. This daily podcast features com uh, commentary, guests, and phone calls, and email from the listeners. And they send you links to everything they talk about in their newsletter, the Buzz Out Loud newsletter. Again, I will have a link on the show notes page. All right, so, contest. What am I talking about? What kind of a contest are we having? Well, I haven't decided exactly what the prize is going to be, but it'll be a, it'll be a good one because this is going to take some work on the part of the winner and the contestants. What I'm wanting you to do is to write a theme, perform a theme for the LifeSpring family of podcasts and for this show in particular, for LifeSpring in particular. Um, if you end up sending in multiple entries for the multiple shows, then we're going to have to do something even more special. But there are people out there listening right now, I know, that are, that are imaginative and talented and they, they have the wherewithal to write a fantastic theme for the LifeSpring Family Podcasts. And uh, we've already got uh, a commitment of some prizes that I will, I'm not going to re reveal right now. But as we go along, um, the, the contest prizes will be revealed. Trust me, it's going to be something very special because 
it's going to take, um, well, it's going to take some work and some talent to win this. I will be the final judge of what, uh, <laughs> of the winner or winners. But um, let, let's have some fun with this. So that's the contest. People have been saying, Steve, what's the contest? Well, that is what it is. Now, there's one more thing I want to play for you before we get out of here, and I need to get it up right now. On March 22nd, you can make history. Yes, you. On March 22nd, you and your fellow podcast listeners will be working together to bum rush the charts. What's that? On March 22nd, we're all going to buy a song from the iTunes Music Store from a Podsafe musician, Mine Again by Black Lab, to put a Podsafe musician at the top of the iTunes charts. But there's more than just that. We'll all be buying through an affiliate program to raise money for college scholarships, and the band has agreed to donate 50% of their earnings to the scholarship fund to help needy families make college affordable. Make history. Show the world that you are in charge of media, not corporate radio and record labels. Bum Rush the Charts on March 22nd. Learn more about how to bum rush at www.bumrushthecharts.com. All right, that is an excellent cause. Let's get that done. I will have a link on the show notes page to Bum Rush the Charts as well, so you don't have to remember bumrushthecharts.com if that's too difficult for you. Of course, you can get to the show notes page at lifespringpodcast.com. That, of course, is where I will have links to the music and where I'll have links to the website and the podcast of the week and, of course, for Bum Rush the Charts as well. So until I talk to you next time, I'm Steve Webb. God bless you. This has been an In Touch Productions podcast.